0: And now your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. I'm so excited to have you again on another episode today, and I'm so excited to have a special guest today that's going to talk to us about kingdom wealth and the importance of kingdom wealth. And I want to introduce my guest to you, and his name is Keith Conley, and he is the president of True Legacy Financial Planning. His firm specializes in providing biblically-based financial advice to clients. The majority of their conversations do not only concern money, but rather how to honor the Lord with your wealth. Their discussions also include investing, taxes, insurance, and financial planning. However, they also discuss biblical principles of stewardship and decision-making. Both faith and money are discussed as they relate to the family and how to make sure a legacy is left behind. In addition to advising businesses, he manages investments for churches worth several million dollars. Wow. So thanks for being a part of the podcast today, Keith. How are you?
2: Blessed. This has been a, it's been a great day. I'm happy to be here.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And so tell the listeners a little bit something more about yourself that I didn't mention.
2: Yeah, well, I I actually started out my career in pastoral ministry. I went to Bible college and seminary and served in several churches throughout the years. And you know what I discovered was that my gifting and calling was not in full-time pastoral ministry. Still mm-hmm. do a lot of of teaching, still a lot of writing and 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 ministry leadership, but you know, the full-time pulpit ministry was not my calling and you know what, it it took me a long time, but I can honestly say that I'm okay with that, you know, put a lot of time with it and it's been, you know, just the Lord's provision and leading me into where I am today using a lot of those ministry skills that that high level of of biblical studies along with my wealth management that has just made this been, this uh, pursuit that I'm in now just so meaningful.
1: Hmm. hmm. And, you know, I think that's very important, you know, that we realize um, where, where our calling actually is and for you to be able to be in what God has called you to be in. I believe that was for a season for where you were. But then God had need of you for kingdom business and kingdom finances. And so that's where you're able to flourish the best because that's where he's called you to be. <laughs>
2: exactly. And he's used those experiences from the past to make me who I am today.
1: Yes, amazing. So today we're talking about kingdom wealth, and let's start off by asking before, uh, so the listeners can understand: How do you define biblical stewardship?
2: You know, I, I like to keep things as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about all of the tangents and all the rabbit trails, but I just designed biblical stewardship as the management of God's resources. For his purposes,
1: mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's so important. You know that we understand that. You know, all of our monies and all of our finances um, are used to, in order to, you know, benefit our lives, but also to be able to build the kingdom of God in order to bring his purposes to pass in the earth.
2: Right, and you know, stewardship. You know, we naturally think of money, but mm-hmm we steward many things in our lives, don't we? We have mm-hmm. children, we have possessions, we have talents, uh, we have time that we all need to manage. Uh, one of the things that I tell clients is that the Lord owns everything. Psalm 27, you know, the old Lord owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You know, if you, if you look all the way back in Genesis, the Lord created the heavens and the earth and And he granted those to Adam and Eve to use to fulfill uh, his purpose, which was to be fruitful and multiply and to live as God's image bearers in this world. And so the apple tree in your backyard, the the grass, the 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 uh, stones, you know, everything in this world belongs to God, including us.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And that's so good. And we have a responsibility to take care of what he's um, imparted to us and given us.
2: Right. I mean, some things are consumed and and, and some things are saved and and used to bless others.
1: That's so good. So in your opinion, Keith, what what are three questions, you know, every biblical steward must be able to answer?
2: Yeah, well, we've already kind of gotten into the first question, which is who owns it? Mm Mm-hmm. I have clients coming to me with sizable investment accounts uh, or maybe they have a, a, you know, a great income. They're making, you know, several hundred thousand dollars a year. And one of the the questions I ask is who owns that? Mm -hmm. You know, that was given to you by the Lord. That talent that allowed you to accumulate those assets was given to the Lord and we're to use that wealth as a temporary manager for to build god's kingdom to provide for our family to to uh to bless others in our community
0: for mm-hmm.
2: the work of the kingdom of god uh and to be left for others in the future after we're gone is that legacy or heritage mm-hmm. uh, and so one of the things that we do is you know we're very good at saying hey you know god owns everything but yet we know that we're not going to take everything with anything with us when we pass away, but yet we're not training the next master or the next steward of those assets that the Lord has entrusted to us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going to be a true disciple, you know, we're we're always keeping God at the front and center, knowing that he owns everything, but we're also discipling and training the next person who will be entrusted with that wealth.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I love that when you ask that question, who owns it? Uh, because when you understand who truly owns it, um, then you respect the one that owns it, and you're making sure um, that you are being a good steward of it. That you are seeking him in the direction in which you should take when it comes to making great financial decisions as well. And I'm sure you you have to deal with that, you know, on a daily basis with your clients because there's many different opportunities. Um, that they could invest in, they could, you know, do. Uh, but it, every investment and in everything is not for everybody. So it takes discernment as well as prayer, I think, sometimes too, as well as wisdom in order to know what to invest in. Do you agree with that, Keith? <laughs> well, absolutely.
2: I mean, I mean, every all of my clients, you know, receive a thorough analysis of, you know, what this money is is to be used for. How long is it that until you need it? And, uh, you know, just different circumstances in life that might, might make one recommendation preferable over another, you know, when we talk about who owns it, the, the thing that we got to keep in mind is that yes, the Lord owns everything, but Mm -hmm. yet, you know, theology is one of those things where we're always having to, uh, you know, kind of explain things on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. And just because the Lord owns it doesn't mean that I don't have control over it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that there's not a such thing as private property. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. what? what is entrusted to me is mine. Now, you know, how I look at that as, as a Christian may be different than someone who's not a Christian, but you know, the Bible says, don't steal the Lord. the, The Bible teaches you know, the virtues of private property, profit, business. And, and so, you know, on the one level, the Lord owns everything, but on the other, another smaller level, as says image bearers, we are in charge and we own those possessions as well.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when you were talking, I'm reminded of Adam in the beginning, he gave him charge in the earth, he told them to name the animals. He said, "You know, you name it, you you do it. I'm here. I've put you here to store the earth." Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so the next question is, you know, how much is enough? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: and you know, this is this is a great question, and there's a lot of things we can talk about regarding this. Uh, we don't have all day, but you know, what we're looking at is two different things. You know, we're looking at our lifestyle. Is our lifestyle matching our faith values? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't have entertainment. You can't go to a movie. You can't go on vacation. But does our does our use of money in our everyday life match uh, our our values of what we believe about money, wealth, and generosity? Are we able to be generous? Are we are we living above our means or below our means? Are we living and using our resources in a way that will honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because there's only five ways that you can use money. You can um, you can earn. You can spend on your lifestyle. You can pay taxes. You can pay debt. And you can owe. Um, you can spend money on taxes. Mm-hmm. Debt. Uh, you can uh, live. And you can grow or you can owe. So when mm-hmm. we spend our money, we, we're we using those funds in, in one of those five ways. So we got to match our lifestyle with our, our values. The second way is uh, our net worth. Do we have enough assets to live on and be able to bless others?
1: Mm-hmm. So-
2: you know, I don't really care about how big your investment account or your net worth is. Mm-hmm. But we need to ask ourselves, are we tied to that money? Does it lord over us? Is does it master us? Or are we willing to part with it for the use of God's purposes?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh,
2: and, and so those are two things that we talk about when we talk about, uh, you know, how much is enough. And it's not about how much it is, it's what you're doing with it.
1: That's so good. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that out about, it's not about, you know, how much it is, but how much you do with what you have, um, right. because that's so important. Um, he who is faithful of a few things, God will make rule over many. And so we have to be faithful with everything that He's given us, um, and use those that are able to help, like Keith, who's able to help, you know, to get you in the right direction, to be able to expand yourself, be able to expand um, your your life, as well as to be able to steward those things that God is giving you. And so that's very important.
2: Yeah. How much someone makes is their income, or or how much they're worth in terms of their assets. You know, assets minus debt uh, on their balance sheet is not really that important. But mm-hmm. it's important how it's accumulated? Am I bringing value to my neighbor through my service? And if I am, I should be paid handsomely for it. Uh, and am I am I benefiting them through my product or service? Mm-hmm. And you know, if I'm not breaking the law and I'm doing my Job with integrity, I should profit and benefit from that. That is a biblical concept. As Christians, sometimes we think that profiting off of others is a bad thing, but that's how the world works.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: We are benefiting someone else, they're getting something in return.
1: That's so true, Keith. And I'm, I'm just thinking because the church gets a, a hit a lot of times, the Christians get a hit because we decide or choose to maximize the gift that God has placed on the inside because he get he get he has given us those gifts in order to profit you know he's given those gifts in order to be able not just to profit but to sow back into others the money comes in we we invest in humanity we invest in others but there's a the way that we have to use those gifts and talents that he's placed in us. Those that are not saved, uh, those that have not um, called on the name of God, they still have a gift and a calling from God. And they use their gifts and their talents to bring in more in order to profit and to help others.
2: Right, right. So the third question is this, am I preparing the next steward? Mm-hmm. Because, Tiffany, guess what? Someday, all of us are going to die. And he who dies with the most toys still dies. (laughs) Right. Uh, and, And so if I'm leaving an inheritance, and this is where my passion really lies, am I preparing that child, that grandchild, that nonprofit, whoever it is that we would leave those resources to manage those assets after us? Are we preparing them to receive it? Here's the truth. Mm. 90% of wealth that is left from one generation to the next is lost. How mm. is it in several different ways? And it's not lost in a, it doesn't take long, but here's how it's lost. It's spent away. It's addicted away. It's sued away. It's, uh, it, you know, it, it, there's just all these ways that people lose an inheritance and so now we have baby boomers saying i want to leave something to my children and grandchildren but i don't want them to be ruined by this wealth that they didn't work for Mm -hmm. and you know just because someone is receiving an inheritance or not doesn't mean that they're going to be effective at managing that wealth but someone's going to manage it whether you leave it to your children or grandchildren, or you pay it to the government, or you give it to the nonprofit. Uh, and, and so what we do here at True Legacy is we set up processes to help multiple generations of a family become united over the wealth rather than having it sued away, addicted away, divorced away. Mm-hmm. And and we do that through setting a family lifestyle where they're Bonded over a the history of the family and, and principles and values that help guide their decision making process. Mm-hmm. We have the families integrally involved from the very get go in decision making over those assets before the next generation even rese- receives it, and we do that through uh, starting with charitable giving. We get the families involved in actually making decisions about who received the the, the generosity gifts. And, and we will have the family, especially the younger teenager, get involved in those nonprofits. They're going to be volunteering. They're going to be learning about what that nonprofit does so that when uh, at times come to allocate more resources to that charitable giving venture, they know where those funds are needed and how mm-hmm. they can get others when it's time to uh, that another nonprofit, for example, they will be better prepared to know how to be able to screen different nonprofits and choose which causes are most important to the family. And by getting them involved in generosity first, that trains them to be generous and not have the wealth master them when they receive it and be overcome by greed mm-hmm. uh, other negative things that we as christians would not want our children to be uh living you know living by when they receive that wealth we want them to have that wealth to be a blessing to them and to others and to set up processes so that wealth is lasting for not five minutes but 150 years or more
1: Mm mm-hmm I love that, and that's amazing. and that's building also it's building sustainability within the families as well. I love the way you said that,
2: right. How many families have received an inheritance, and now the brother and sister aren't talking to each other?
1: <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> but how do we stop that? people you know, mm-hmm. don't want to leave wealth to their children if if their kids aren't going to talk to each other again
1: you know Keith and I, I think about that I've seen families you know even in family you know I lost my mother and and you know substantial the money was left to me um but I just didn't take it with me you know I still wanted to be able to distribute, you know, among my siblings, because I know that's what my mother would have wanted. Um, And so it it goes to to an integrity thing. But everybody doesn't understand that. Everybody doesn't have that. So I love the process in which you deal with. So you're able to train the family to know so that we're not arguing over money and not arguing over resources.
2: Right. And, you know, every family is different. And, you know, they say families, You can't choose your family, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) right? And, and, you know, every family will inevitably have some sort of dysfunction. Even the godliest families will have some level of dysfunction, Mm -hmm. addictions or enabling behavior, or maybe it's, you know, divorces between siblings and you don't want that family to go to uh, an ex-spouse. But there are things that really need to be done to think about. how to pass that wealth on so it's protected and it's used in a way that will honor those who went before them but also honor the lord
1: and i love
2: that <laughs> need to be set up so that you have a, a child or a grandchild who struggles with addiction that's not receiving you know a million dollars of cash because what are they going to spend it on alcohol or whatever, Mm -hmm,
1: whatever they want. (laughs) Yes.
2: So there needs to be provisions. And so what we do is we partner with our clients, estate planning attorneys, their business attorneys, their insurance brokers, their tax people that come up with this cohesive plan. What we are doing is the investments and the financial planning, but also training that next generation.
1: I love it, Keith. And you know, all of this you know it's scriptural and how how does the bible view money wealth and generosity and what we have been talking about
2: well you know people when i talk to them about what the bible says about wealth they always go to either one of two verses we'll either go to first timothy six ten, you know the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil <laughs> yeah or we'll go to matthew 6 where jesus says that you can't have both money and god is your master and here at true legacy we agree Absolutely. But you know what, Tiffany, the mm-hmm. Bible has over 2,300 other verses about wealth, including how to build it, how to accumulate it, and how to leave it to your family. Mm-hmm. The, the book of Proverbs, if you just read Proverbs, it's, <laughs> it, it's equivalent to an MBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much rich depth in there. Mm-hmm. Um, just about wealth you know, about how how we should grow it, what we should do to prevent it from becoming our master. Uh, If you look at at the whole um, set of the gospels, a lot of Jesus's teaching and parables is on the topic of of money. A lot of his teaching on the kingdom of God is Mm -hmm. on financial concepts. Uh, and, And so there is a lot to learn in the Bible over money, wealth, and generosity. Yes, there's warnings, but the Bible's teaching is so much richer.
1: Yes, Keith, and I, and I love that because we have to be believe that the scripture is for us building wealth and leaving a legacy, because if we don't, then we'll end up in the poor mentality, poverty mentality, uh, not really grasping what Jesus wanted us to do while we were here on this earth.
2: Right. Okay. So it's a... The- the beginning of Genesis, going back to Genesis, and that's just how I roll. I always go back to Genesis, Mm -hmm. fruitful and multiply. Yes. So, you know, in our, in our sinful world, there is always that, uh, that inclination to go towards greed and, and, and sinful inclinations, but building wealth by loving your neighbor and serving your neighbor is a good thing mm-hmm. and as we build wealth and we are able to be generous we can bless so many people even beyond just our our vocation and our business and we can fulfill God's cultural mandate to be fruitful and multiply we can you know share the gospel with abundantly more people through the proceeds of our gifts not everyone's called to be the preacher not everyone's called to be the overseas missionary and they but they need our support we need each other
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true you know keith before we um close out what would you say to the one listening that says you know keith i have blown my money i have mismanaged it horribly but i'm ready to start over again in order to leave a legacy and to build wealth for the kingdom where would you t- where would you direct them to start first
2: the first thing you got to do is start spending less than you earn. That's how, that it, no one who has ever built we- wealth did not do that. Meaning everyone who's ever built wealth has always spent less than they earn to build wealth. That is the foundation of building wealth. If, if you are in a position where you have some credit card debt, some student loans, you know, what we would call, you know, bad debt, uh, you know, you want to pay off those first. You got to figure out what your lifestyle is where you can cut the cost, you know, cut mm-hmm. the
0: net,
2: sell the car, uh, you know, don't go to the movies every weekend. Whatever it is that you got to do, you got to figure out, you know, what is the answer to your question, how much is enough so that you can spend less than you earn and do it for a really long time.
1: Mhm. Great answer. Great answer. And would you pray for those, Keith, just say a brief prayer for those that may say, I need wisdom um, in order to go to that next place in God and be a good steward in his kingdom. And for those that may feel like they don't know where to start, if you could just say a brief prayer for those that are listening right now.
2: Our God in heaven, we thank you that you know, we belong to you and that you are our shepherd and our king. I pray for all those listening here that you would help them uh, with their own financial journey and that they might be able to say that what they have is given to them by you uh, and that and I pray Lord that you would give them wisdom and a desire to honor the Lord with those resources and to grow that for the benefit of your kingdom Lord bring them in front of people Lord who could encourage them and spur them on to righteousness and to godliness Uh, with their wealth we thank you lord that your word is sufficient that your word is full of of wisdom uh, and that jesus christ is our greatest wisdom and our greatest source of wealth through his blood shed for us on the cross yes yes. we thank you that in christ we have everything that we need and, and we pray lord that you would use us for the glory and the growth of your kingdom in christ's name amen
1: Amen. Amen. Keith, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. You know, if listeners wanted to bark upon their journey uh, to leaving generational wealth and wanted to find out more information about what you do, how could listeners get in contact with you?
2: Yeah, the best way is to go to my website, which is true legacy tr frankpaul.com. True Legacy F P you can reach out to me there, you can schedule a, a you know free consultation and or free conversation and, and we can see, you know, where we would want to go from there, whether it makes sense for us to work together. If not, you know, that's fine, but that would be the best way to learn about me and our and our services.
1: Awesome listeners. So go and check Keith out. And also we will have the information also in our show notes. So you'll be able to find him as well. We'll have the links there so that you can go to his website and check him out and see what he does. And we want to be able to be in a position to where we can be the best ambassadors for Christ and his representatives by helping humanity and also be building wealth in the earth. And so this is a great place to start. And so I thank you guys for being a part today. And until next time, God bless. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits, with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com Until next time, stay blessed.